Hey y'all, this is Brent with the Woodsman Perspective Podcast, and welcome back. Uh, me and Chris are in the studio today. We're running mittless today. One man down. Yeah, we're a man down, but uh, it, it's been a little while. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus, and, and you guys wouldn't believe how difficult it is, or maybe you would, to get us all, to get to get you and two of your buddies together in a room to do this when everybody's being pulled different directions. So uh, we, we had a little time today, and wanted want to go ahead and jump in and... Uh, Got something really cool. I've actually had some audio in, in the can for a little while. Uh, a few years ago, something happened close to my family, and and you know, hunting is inherently there are some dangers. And and um, my brother fell out of a tree. And uh, you know, we all know somebody, or you know, it seems like maybe every year we hear about it happening to somebody. Yeah, but tree stand falls. Yeah, that was yeah. big for it to happen so close. You know, all of a sudden it hit my family, and uh, so. You know, I got Mark. I got some audio. He was he was willing to tell a story, and, and since it's happened, he's he's given a testimony. He's he spoke to a few groups. So, um, I really when we first this is one of those things when we started a podcast. I want to make sure we got to and uh, and it's pretty good. But you know, <clears throat> it happens all the time. I mean, I I can remember you know growing up in the <clears throat> in the nineties, eighties, and nineties. I mean, you didn't use a harness. You didn't have a tree stand harness, Brent. Mm-mm. I mean, you grew look. We we climbed. 35, 40 feet in a tree with one of them dang tree lounges and, and I mean, or amaker. Yeah. You know, that thing was made to fall, you know, <laughs> or, or some guy at Votech built you one. Yeah, that's right. A knockoff and, and yeah, sold or, it to you for even, $30. Even back then, if you did yeah. get a harness, it might hurt you worse than a fall. You know, be right. a belt harness or that's something. Right. It just, it wasn't, it doesn't justify not being safe now, but just for context, you know, we're, we're a little bit, we may be older Look, than everybody have, listening, but. I can tell you, I have. Walked in before with a climbing tree stand. Found a tree I thought was a great straight tree. Didn't know it was a shag bark hickory. Ooh. Okay. <clears throat> Hooked that stand around it. Went up the stand. Got up about 20 feet. Turned around. And usually that's when it happens. I shifted around. When I did, next thing I know it, I was laying on the ground looking at the stars. Yeah. And and then I kind of jumped up and looked around, make sure nobody was watching me. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it happened that fast. Yeah. And I had the tree stand. I had it properly positioned right. Um, good bite on the tree stand. I just it just happens. Yeah. And and I didn't have a harness. You know, that thing sprung me off a board like I was on a diving board. Yeah. I mean, when I hit and the you bottom. Know, there's a lot of ways to get hurt. You know, it's not just harnesses, just but that's, that's yeah, right. that's right. There's a lot of things. Look, a couple of years ago, turkey hunting. Hopping, I was hopping back and in my truck running a few spots running and gunning and, and wasn't paying attention i hit a tree running about 20 <laughs> by 20 miles per hour and hit a tree i remember that uh so and and it's funny and i, I was reminded of that when you said that it happened so quick yeah i mean in an instant i was thrown up on my steering wheel trying to figure out what happened and i just you know wasn't paying attention on gravel road and i hit a tree and, yeah. and the same thing you know an accident can happen so quick and it can change your life forever it can change your life forever and it can change the way you're you know i got a lot of and i think we touch on this in the conversation with mark is a lot of my best memories of growing up a lot of them were around hunting and you know some of that's because of the timing of it it's around the holidays and usually it's family right. getting together and hunting and and you can change all of that positive culture and those good memories to something that's painful and something your family just that that it's a negative. You can change right. it to a negative with an accident. You know, and and really, the uh, a lot of the falls now are not out of a climber, but they're out of a lock-on. Yeah. You know, stepping off that ladder, 
you know, lock-ons wasn't, wasn't real popular back then yeah. as they are now. Now yeah. people put these lock-ons up. Look, and I I'm started running lifelines. That last walk. Yeah, that, that last step. step you, especially if you're trying to be skimpy, where you, you don't yeah, want to add that last right. stick and, and you got a long step. Well, yeah. I don't care what tree you're in. That that walking, that stick that mm-hmm. you use, that climbing stick, <laughs> yeah. it ain't never long enough to get you that one more that's right. little spot where you want to be right above that knot. Yeah, that's so right. So your back ain't in it. But I mean, it, it it's a uh, it's dangerous, you know. And, and a lot of and listen, let's don't just hold it to lock on stands and climbing tree stands, shooting houses. Yeah, shooting houses are getting I've up been right in now. some they're sketchy 10, shooting houses. Well, they're before. ten, twelve foot in the air. And they got stairs. You get mud on your boots. Mm-hmm. Let me tell or you frost. something. Or frost. Or frost on a you metal ladder. You're going to the bottom because yep. I've done that too. Yeah. Or what about this? You open up the door and there's a dang owl in there or a buzzer. Or something. <laughs> that's right. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. And um, it, it, so it, it can happen. You know, we're excited about the, the season. It's, it's, it's hunting season. So it's a big game for us. You know, it's a big time of the year. But, um, I mean, really getting on to this safety, look, it, it, it'd be nothing worse than you to leave one morning and never come back. Yep. Yep. And it can happen. And, and look, one of the, you know, there's, there's several takeaways I hope you get. And look, I don't, you know, we've, we've been on a little break. We, we hadn't, we hadn't podcast in a while. And I hate to come back with one that's kind of heavy and negative. So I, you know, we're going to follow it up pretty quick with some more technical stuff, you know, hunting and, and management stuff. But, but this is stuff you need to think about. Look, it's, it's opening day is coming up. You know, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but you know, we're right here in mid-November. It's it's the fifteenth of November. It's game time. And it's, it's game time, mm-hmm. and and just 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 a reminder. It's a reminder to be careful. Think about what you're doing, and and take it from take this firsthand account that was in my immediate family, and 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 make it mean something. You know, get something out of it because it can happen. Like we we said, it can happen so quick and. The consequences, you know, Mark survived. Mark's done a, he's had a really great recovery. But it's not just, you know, this is, I think it's been four years. That's right. I've been and he's still happened. got issues. You know, right. if you're lucky, if you survive, you've got, you know, most of us are the breadwinner. Right. You know, how foolish would you feel you a couple of weeks after, you know, when, when you know, you all, the, si- all the sympathy's yeah. over and you're just at the house laid up, yeah. you know. So yeah, a lot so of things just, run through your mind too. Shoot, yeah, shoot, yeah. All right, well, look, we're going to jump right into the, to the call with Mark and his story. I'll let you hear it from straight from the horse's mouth, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Here we go. Tell them what happened to you. Let's let's get into it. Uh, I and this is a it's a pretty moving story. Uh, and like I said, it, it's it's close to us, and still, you know, just from talking to you recently, it's kind of kind of brought it back uh i think it's a good story to tell though well thank you uh and i and i hope it helps somebody i really do i, I would if it if it'll help somebody prevent uh, avoid what i went through and all all the more power and you know and like i, I said in before you and i before you started recording that there, there probably some part of this where i'm going to get into the spiritual aspect of it because this wasn't just a physical event. I mean, this, this was a, you know, a life changing moment for me. And, uh, and I have to give credit fully where credit is due. And, and with that, I know we're talking about safety, but yeah, you know, I 100% it, agree with you know, that. 
if you're a person of, of faith, you may appreciate it. If you're not, listen anyway, because uh, I, I tell you what, God showed me he was real in all this. But I want to kind of preface something before we get in, I get into what happened. I kind of feel like it's worthwhile to go back and little and kind of give some background. Uh, you know, we were uh, basically children of the 80s. That's when we did our growing up, and, and we did a lot of hunting and, and a lot of outdoors activities. And one of the things that, uh, you know, was different was, were views on safety. Getting to the point of the story, and uh, 2015, um, I... Uh, it was. I was so excited about the season that year. I had been seeing some deer, and like a lot of people, I had had some great uh, pictures on my cameras, and I was really excited about it. And the fall was just shaping up to be just beautiful. And uh, man, I thought this is going to be the this is going to be the greatest season ever. And so I went into to that season, and I actually even at the beginning of both seasons bought me a new harness. I bought the. I bought a good one. I bought it was a shoulder harness with the whole nine yards on it. Now I'll tell you kind of what inspired that. Mm-hmm. the The year before in 2014, uh, I was hunting and setting up in the tree stand and been bow hunting for quite a while. It's a beautiful morning. Had my Bible up there. Was kind of reading it while I was doing that. And then I. Uh, felt compelled i don't do a whole lot of selfies i'm not really a selfie person but it was feeling so good about myself that morning i took a selfie of myself in that tree stand reading my bible and talked said a little couple of words about what a beautiful morning it was and i sent that out on facebook i mean within no time at all i I mean there was somebody responded and i can't recall who it was but they said where's your harness And I thought to myself, well, you self-righteous person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, there's a good moment ruined by somebody, you know, trying to be the safety police. And, yeah. And really, you know, in retrospect, they meant well. And, uh, but, uh, in 2015, um, on November 5th, um, I had just gotten off of working a really long and hard week, uh, it, as a maintenance technician at, at Cooper and I had a few days off and uh, I got up early that morning. It was a Thursday morning and uh, I helped, I had just enough time to help my wife or I don't think the kids had even got, no, they hadn't got up for school yet. I got up and in the dark, I, I overslept a little bit, but I rushed out, grabbed my bow, got dressed and I started moving back toward the woods. Well, I got to my tree stand, and uh, I realized I left that new harness at home. And so I, I actually stopped, and I thought about it for a second. And I was like, well, you know, and then uh, then then that ugly word came over me, and that the word is was complacency. Yeah. And uh, complacency was basically saying, you know what? this is the same tree you've been hunting out of for years. This is the same tree stand you've been using for years. You've never got hurt before. Nothing's going to happen to you this morning. You're just the next, next time, just make sure you have it with you. You've done it a million times. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's probably one of the most dangerous words there is is, in terms of safety is, is complacency. I mean, 
when you are when you just accept accept that you know that nothing's going to happen to you and you and you just kind of overlook the risk and decide to go on with it anyway i mean if you think about it you wouldn't take a gun that's loaded and pointed at anybody you loved even if the safety was on would you because you know what the possibilities are, what the danger is, the, the, the potential there. You wouldn't do that. But yet we take risk like that so many other ways. Uh, and and that's what I did that morning. I just said, you know what? What could happen? You know, I'm, I've done this before. I'm going to be fine. So I started at the, the uh, tree. And uh, because it was late, and there was a little bit of light filtering through the trees already. I thought, well, there's a good chance that deer is going to be coming through the woods before I'm up at where I need to be anyway. So I put the bow in the rack on the climber with me. Mm-hmm. And I got in there. And I started up the uh, started up the tree. And uh, I got to about 12 foot in height. And I could see the sunlight coming down through the trees and I could clearly see a lane down through there and I could, and uh, something I saw gave me the feeling that, that, that I was fixing to have some deer, uh, right there on me. And, uh, so I thought, man, you better get ready. You just, you know, you're fixing to have a deer on you. So I stopped right there at about 12 foot high and decided to, I didn't have my wrist, uh, the, I release strapped on my wrist. So I took that opportunity to uh, put the release on. What happened next was I was standing on the platform of the climber and I was, I was, the, I had the top part raised up kind of high. So I was kind of leaning back with my back resting against the back bar of that top part of the climber. Mm-hmm. And uh, I reached into my pack and I, grab my release and I was strapping my release on my wrist. I really wasn't paying attention to what I, I was doing and I, I shifted my weight just slightly. And when I leaned forward just slightly, it was, I guess, uh, one of the pins caught on my coveralls and they, it slowly, it, it, it pushed the top part of the climber far enough just just far enough for it to disengage from the tree. But the downside of that was my weight was still leaning away from the tree. And just in an instant, that top part of that climber fell to the platform level and I flipped out backwards. Mm. And I can, I mean, tell you this, man, you, when you're young, you think, well, you have good reaction time and, and you can recover, and no, it, it doesn't happen that way. It was just one swift move, and I was in the air, and I had time for one thought, and that was, this is it. I mean, in my mind, that was it. That was all I had time to think was, this is it. Yeah. And I closed my eyes, and I just knew probably at, at the least I was probably going to be paralyzed. But I really, it was just, this is it. It was just a final thought. Like life changer, no doubt. Man, yeah. And I, I just, I knew, I mean, at the height I was, 
and I'm not a small guy, you know, I, you know, big people hit the ground harder. Let's just be blunt. Yeah. Fall faster. <laughs> they do. And, uh, but, uh, I, I knew, I mean, just in that instant, that was the only thought I remember it was that I had time for was this is it. And, uh, the next thing I know I hit the ground and it was lights out. I mean, it was dark and, uh, I just, I, I lay there for a second, and the first thought was that I had was I don't feel anything. I, I've hit the ground, but I don't feel anything. And I was, and you, and and I, my eyes were closed, and I remember thinking, how do you know if you're dead? <laughs> you know. It sounds kind of morbid, but how do you know? You know, you've not been there before. And, uh, I mean, I, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, then I'm thinking, well, what if I'm paralyzed? And uh, after a few seconds, trying to, you know, my mind is kind of settling in. I begin to feel the sensation of leaves in my face. And I could smell the ground. Yeah. And uh, at that point... I opened my eyes and I knew I was still alive. I mean, there I was laying on the ground in the leaves. But the strange thing was I wasn't, I wasn't hurting. I wasn't feeling anything. How scary, how scary was that? Yeah, it, it, it was, it really was. And cause I, cause you don't, you, you don't know if that's a sign that you're paralyzed. Cause who knows what that feels like. You've not been there before. That's right. And um, so I lay there, and then I realized, hey, I'm not hurting. So I started moving my hands. They worked. My arms worked. And then I then I foolishly thought for just a second, you know, I'm all right. And I remembered that time that I talked about earlier when we were playing in the pine trees, and I fell out of that pine tree, and I landed and knocked the wind out of me, and I lay there for a few seconds, and took me a while to kind of get my breath back you know but I, my mind went to that and I thought well that's what I've done again I, you know I've just fallen out I thought well you know what I'm going to lay here a few minutes get my, my uh, breath back and I still might still might kill one <laughs> yeah I still might well uh, then I, I started to uh, I I tried to roll over and uh, I was struggling to roll over. And that's when I saw my right leg. Uh, I knew the way that it was twisted. There was like where my, my uh, thigh was, it, there was a, my leg twist, totally twisted right there in the middle of my thigh. Mm. And, and when I saw that, I, I just, there was a sick feeling like, man, you broke that leg. And it's, and it's not broken a little bit. It's broken bad. And I thought, oh, man, this is terrible. Uh, you know, I, how much work am I going to miss over this? You know, and I, I'm still trying to kind of reason and think, but I'm like, man. So I knew at that point that I was going to have to have help. And I can't remember. Um, well, I, I realized that my cell phone actually was fortunately still in my top pocket of my overalls and I felt around and I felt that it was still there 
And I pulled it out and looked, and it wasn't broken. I was thinking, well, this is great. I'm glad I got this. I'm glad I didn't leave it in my pack up there in the tree, uh, you know, because uh, normally I would have left it in my pack. And uh, just in my hurry, I'd left it in the pocket, which turned out to be a good thing. Then the next thought was, well, I probably don't have any reception up here. And I believe I actually called 911 before I called my wife. I think I did. And because um, I knew that I was going to have to have help. Yeah. And uh, so I called 911 and I was, you know, I was trying to just be very calm about it. I didn't want to sound panicked or anything like that. So I just called and just very calmly, you know, hey, y'all. 911, can I help you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Mark Lockwell. Do they know you? <laughs> <laughs> no, they probably should. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, I just told them just as calmly as I can. Hey, look, I'm going by my house. I gave them the address. I said, I've fallen out of the stand. And I'm pretty sure I broke my leg. Uh, probably gonna need some help. You guys, y'all mind to send somebody here? I'll have my wife meet you. <laughs> you know, it's just real calm, like you know, like no big deal. And I was trying to, I guess I was doing that subconsciously to keep myself calm as well. Yeah, know. that's a good point. <laughs> and uh, so then I, uh, after I got off the phone with him, I called my wife. And uh, and she, I think she was just getting up to uh, help uh, help the kids off to school. And she answers the phone and she says, yes. We're... She says, hello. I said, hey, hey, dear. uh <laughs> Look, I've um, I fell out of my tree stand, and I'm pretty sure my legs broke. I'm probably gonna need some help. <laughs> and I remember, I'll never forget her reaction. She's like, "Why are you always doing this to me? You always putting me through something like this. What have you done now?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I just slipped, fell out of the tree stand, and I'm I'm, I can tell my legs broke." And uh. She's like, well, where are you? You know, and I, I told her, and I said, look, I said, I'm going to just. The yeah, ambulance is on the way. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I told her, I said, well, I've already called 911, but you may need to show them where I'm at, and I'm going <laughs> to crawl out to the edge of the woods and make myself easy to find. Oh, man. And uh, and so. And look, we're laughing a little bit, and, and, and I don't know that maybe we shouldn't, but. You know, well, you know, the, well, that's the thing. At this point, you, you, know still, you still haven't, you don't know the extent of it, and you're still trying to keep everyone no, from going into shock. So, right. And I was just for context, if, if we sound, if we sound casual, like we're joking, that that's it. Because at this point, you didn't know. No, and you know, and taking this also, you're, you're, to you listeners out there, you're listening to two guys right here that spent a lifetime of abusing and hurting each other. So yeah. we've laughed off a lot of accidents. Just true. But this, I didn't really know, I had no idea how serious my injuries were. And I didn't, and, and you know, one thing about, you know, that we always learned from my dad, we didn't go exaggerating things like that. You just kind of downplayed them, you know? Yeah. You, you just, you know, it wasn't about getting sympathy or getting people stirred up. We just, Hey, this happened. Just take care of it. But, um, anyway, I, 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 when I got off the phone with her, I, uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to crawl out to the edge of the woods here. I started to try to crawl and nothing was working. Mm. I knew my right leg was broken. I knew it couldn't, I couldn't use it, but I, but my left leg wasn't working either. 
and I couldn't figure out why. And it just, I was like, what, why is this, why is this leg not working? You know? And I think, well, is it, am I paralyzed from the waist down? You know, what's going on here? And I realized I couldn't move. And so that's when the waiting game started. And, uh, you know, I think that I called, I think I called 911 at 655. And during that time, I've been waiting on them to get there. Uh, my wife, she come driving. I saw her. She, I could see down through the woods, and I could see across there was a little opening, and there was a creek. And my wife is not, I mean, we live out in the country, but she's not really the outdoorsy, off-roader type. And she had a, a, a Mercury Mountaineer. And I saw her come driving down the road, and I saw her come across that creek in that Mountaineer, and I thought, you go girl hmm. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe i saw my wife driving you know across the creek like that but she did and she drove up as close to the woods as she could and then accidentally she drove off into a big stump hole and i saw the front corner of that vehicle just like disappear in the ground i thought well she's stuck this is getting even better mm. yeah so anyway she comes up there and, and i she walks up there. She sees me, and I and I. She, she said, "What have you done yourself?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I tried to explain to her what happened." And I said, "I, I said my my this leg's broke, and but I don't know what's going on, but I can't move." So I said, "I've already called nine one one, and uh, so she said, "Well, I said I told her at that time. I said, you know, you've got to go, kind of lead them here." So she left, and she went to check on the kids, and. I mean, I was wasn't wasn't anything she could do for me there. So she and she had to get back because she, she had to walk back. She had to oh, go yeah. across the creek on her own. Yeah. But uh, in the distance, I was coming, and I can tell you, you know, normally hearing sirens is not a good thing. But boy, what a relief to hear that! And you know, uh, from the time that I called, and I, I want to shout out to the emergency people. From an hour, I mean, less than an hour after I made the call, I mean, they were picking me up and carrying me out of the woods. And uh, that was, you know, they were they were just, the response was tremendous. I wish I knew all the names of the people that came and, and, and helped. But they came right in there. They got Susan's Mountaineer out of the hole, and they walked in those woods and picked me up. And that's when I got introduced to... Uh, the uh, Dean Hudson, uh, the first Monroe County game warden uh, I, I met, and uh, he 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 leaned over there when I was laying on the little stretcher there, and he said, "Hey, I'm Dean Hudson," <laughs> and uh, he said, "What are you doing to yourself?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, it's nice to meet you." I said, "Not quite in these circumstances," and uh, I have to throw this in there. A little funny thing happened right across the the. Uh, property line there there was a hunting club and there it right it was i know it was seven o'clock because um i guess it was 555 that i called them because it was 60 655 when they got there to pick me up and carry out of the woods was well, seven o'clock those people their their feeders were programmed to go off <laughs> and i remember and i remember we were uh we're, they were fixing to pick me up and all of a sudden you hear this loud noise <laughs> And these feeders are going off, and 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 it startled everybody. That, and they like to drop me, and and it startled them so bad. 
And and they said, what in the world is that? And I told, I remember telling Dean, I said, Dean, I said, they got feeders over there. You need to look into that. <laughs> Jeez. I said, I said they, they got feeders over there. They ain't playing fair. But uh, anyway. Uh, and look, that hour response time, why, why were there? That hour response time for some, for some context. This is rural, rural Monroe County. Yes. Not real close to anything, right. and and you were back in the woods, away from the road. So, oh, not, yeah. not not an easy task to get there in an hour from anywhere. No, no, not at all. And uh, you know they they were just so t- tremendously helpful. And, and that right there at that point was when I began to realize that I was in some serious pain because when they rolled me onto that gurney, my wife was standing not far from me she had been holding my hand actually and that's when it hit me how bad i was hurt she said i screamed so loud she threw up in the woods she mm-hmm. said i said i've never heard you, you you know she said i've never heard you hurt i, I knew you were hurt and that yeah. just i don't hear you react to pain like that she said and and, and just it hearing it made me sick and she threw up right there in the woods. Mm. And, uh, so it was, uh, that's when I realized something else going on and, and it's pretty serious. And they loaded me up in the ambulance and, and I realized going down our driveway, uh, that this, that was going to be a long, rough ride yeah. in that ambulance. If you've never ridden in an ambulance, they don't have good suspension. And I, and I felt, every bump by then and it was it was hurting and um they took me straight on to uh columbus to baptist memorial and uh i really wasn't fully aware of what was going on i just remember of the ride of that ambulance i could just barely see out the windows and i could see the tops of the trees and i was trying to associate with the shape of the top of the trees of where i was at by memory so i was kind of tracking myself to know where I was at so I could, you know, kind of gauge how much further, how much longer I was going to have to ride in that ambulance. And uh, away to Baptist Memorial we went. And uh, that's when I found out how serious I was hurt. So apparently what happened, when I flipped out of the tree stand, I landed on my knees first. So you sort of And then of the impact of that just, yes, and I just slammed me on the ground. Well, Two things happened, at, three things actually happened at one time. The first thing is my right leg, the thigh bone broke, and it bypassed the the ends, the jagged ends of that leg bypassed each other. Easy um, opportunity right to die. Side. That compound fa- fracture of the femur, a lot of people cut that femoral yes, artery and, and die right then. Like the, they and and. And near miss exactly right there happened. like lucky to be alive point one right there yes and because it because that jagged edge was right against the femoral artery mm. and i take blood thinners and uh, i have to take blood thinners because i have a blood condition that mm. so if it, it, it would have been just near instant death if it had pricked that the femoral artery just a little bit but on the left side of my on my left leg what happened was instead of breaking the thigh bone what it did was it literally punched my hip through the pelvis up into my lower abdomen, and it just shattered my pelvis. Mm. And that's why I couldn't couldn't move it. 
And the reason why I couldn't feel anything is because the way that your um, sciatic nerve runs, it, it rests, it goes through the, uh, the same proximity of where your hip joint is. So the hip joint, when it passed through the pelvis, it grabbed the sciatic nerve and the way the doctor described it to me later, it literally pulled the sciatic nerve back through the pelvis and stretched it like, if you would imagine pulling a compound bow back, how you pull that string back to, to shoot it. Mm-hmm. That's literally what I did with my sciatic nerve. So I lost, instantly lost all feeling in that leg and functionality. And, and plus I shattered my, my pelvis just about as bad as you could, I guess. And I, that's what I found out when I was at Baptist Memorial. And uh, I don't, the next, next thing that happened was while I was there, uh, they gave me the choice of going to Jackson. They said, well, there's nobody here in Columbus, and this might be different now. But at that time, they told me, they said, that we don't have a doctor in Lowndes County that can treat these kind of injuries that you have. Your, your, your hip is, I mean, your pelvis is basically destroyed on the left side. Yeah, and I was at the and hospital by then. I think I, I met y'all. I got the call from Dad somewhere oh, wow. when you were en route. And so I was there. And you know, at the time, our office was, was right around the corner from the hospital. That's right. It was. They they told me then, they gave me the choice. They said, you can either go to Jackson or you can go to Tupelo. And, of course, you know, we wanted to be close to home. And, and so Tupelo was a natural choice. And they said, we've got to get you loaded up to go to uh, Tupelo Hospital. And uh, so... Uh, the um, the doctor said, he said, well, there's one more thing we've got to do before we send you to Tupelo. Mm. And I said, I said, well, what is that? He said, we've got to pull your leg out of your pelvis. And I remember there was a deputy sheriff that was standing beside my, my wife at the end of the bed, and he put his arm around her and he said, honey, he said, you don't want to see this. You don't want to see what's fixing to happen. And I, the last thing I remember, I remember thinking was, well, how bad can this be? And then I remember seeing him walk out of the room with my wife and his arm around her trying to, you know, kind of comfort her. Mm-hmm. And the last, the very last thing I remember was I saw them reaching for my ankle. And I didn't wake up. That was Thursday morning, say nine o'clock, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what time it was. The next conscious memory that I have was Saturday afternoon sometime after I had had eight hours of surgery on my Mm. pelvis and leg. They said that I screamed. I don't remember. Mm. The next memory that I have after that was was the doctor in Tupelo uh, standing at the foot of my bed with my wife explaining to me the extent of the injuries. And he started uh, He started off with, he says, you know, you have really, you broke your leg on your right side. And he explained it. And he said, we've got it. We had to put a rod in there. And uh, he said, on your, uh, on your left side, he said, we just did the best we could. 
Yeah, I've got a picture. You sent me a picture of the X-ray, and that that's a good sum summation of what that picture looks like. <laughs> Someone did the yeah. best they could. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that X-ray, it looks like you know they had a clearance sale on screws and brackets at the hardware store, and they just went all wild. Yeah. So but, you uh, had. So I remember you, him to give us a rundown. What was the what was the list of injuries? Well, uh, I had broke the right my right thigh bone, a femur, I guess that's what it's called. And I had, uh, as I described, I punched my left hip through the pelvis and just basically destroyed that part of my pelvis. And also, when I hit the ground after that, I had snapped, it snapped my neck, my leg, my head back, and it fractured uh, two vertebrae in my neck. But they said, you know, the doctor said, that's just very minor compared to your other injuries. We're not even going to worry about that. And he said, but he said, this pelvis is, he said, this is, this is going to be touch and go. He said, and he told my wife and me up there, he said, this possibility, you may not walk again. He said, this, you may not be able to walk again. And, uh, and so I was like, wow, you know, how do you take that? You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then he also, he said, that um, he said, and in two years, he said, you're going to have to come back and have your hip replaced. And so I asked the doctor, I said, well, doctor, I said, if you saw that my hip was in such bad shape that it was going to need to be replaced, I mean, while you were doing all that, why didn't you just go ahead and replace it? He said, he said, you don't understand. He said, when that hip went through your pelvis, he said, you shattered your pelvis. You shattered, I mean, cartilage, everything. He said, we literally had to throw away fragments of cartilage and bone that would not fit anywhere else. And he said, we had to piece your pelvis back together the best we could. He said, there's nothing, there, he said, there's, there's not even a place where a hip can even sit. And yeah. he said, it's, it's so bad. He said, it, it he said, there, there's really no place for a hip to, to be in there like it should be. Wasn't, wasn't an option said, that day. Gonna, no, it was not an option. He said, we're going to just have to see how it how it heals, and then we'll explore that in, in a, and he said, probably two years. He said, you're in this for a long haul. He said, this is not, he said, you're, you're, in, a, you're in a bad spot. And, and, you know, and I, and I realized, you know, I, I realized I was, and, at that point and uh and so this is so your I'm first thinking, this you is know, you waking up on saturday after yes you went hunting thursday morning mm -hmm. you fail get to the hospital i mean you're, this is life-changing for you first person this is this is like in a matter of basically moments that's it and yep. you're, you know you've been through that, eight hours of surgery and you're getting the rundown from the surgeon and it's that's got to be a lot to process that, Right, I had no memory of of between the time them pulling my leg out of my hip or my pelvis and that meeting with the doctor on Saturday afternoon. I have no idea what happened between now and then, you know. And then that's when the real fun started, you know, so to speak. Um, that first week, you know, there was nothing I could do. And... uh you know, one thing I want to say right now at this point, I know it's kind of getting long-winded in me describing what happened, 
But as you and I were talking about before we started this recording or this conversation, you know, I don't want anybody to get the thought that, hey, you know what? He fell out of the tree, he got hurt, and he recovered, and he went on with life. It's not that simple. It is not that simple. Don't think, because because what happened to me, it was bad, but it could be worse for you. And as Brent has pointed out, there were so many opportunities that I could have died in in that moment. You know, when I went back several months later, and I and when I was finally able to walk in there, and I could barely move my feet to do it, I went back and visited that spot. And just maybe two inches from where I fell, where I landed, there was a stob that stuck up about, you know, a foot out of the ground. Mm-hmm. I could have been impaled on that. You know, we discussed what happened with the femoral artery. That could have, you know, that could have been the end of it right there. You know, that could have happened on the ride on the ambulance. Yep. That could have, you know, just them trying to, in the process of trying to save me, could have, uh, could that could have ended. Yeah, being able but to reach so your phone, you know. Yeah, that was definitely, a, you know, a, a, a lifesaver thing. And, you know, this, this is one of those things, too, where you start to realize also, you know, where God had a hand in all this because all of these things could have happened, but they didn't. And, uh, you know, you, you begin to, you know, kind of piece all this together. That first week in the hospital was really rough. Uh, I had to come to terms with what happened emotionally, and, and, I, and I think I handled it pretty well. I mean, I... I wasn't angered anybody. I, you know, I didn't ever ask God why because I didn't have to. I knew why. I did something stupid. One of the things that I kind of wanted to go back and regroup on is is to talk about something I missed when I was uh, when the doctor was explaining to my wife and I about the grim uh, circumstances that I had put myself in uh, with all the injuries that I had, with the damaged pelvis and the broke leg. One of the most also most serious issues was having stretched that sciatic nerve and damaged it like I did. I lost all feeling and all control in my left leg. I mean, I couldn't control anything in my left leg and that would end up being one of the bigger challenges of, uh, my, my learning to walk again. And he told me then, he said, you know, you, you may never walk again, but even if you do, you may never regain control of your left foot. And he said, you're feeling in your foot, the moving your toes, moving your ankles, all of that, you may not ever get that back. And he said, as a result of that, you could have a condition called drop foot. And he said, you know, normally people have to wear a brace for that. And, uh, otherwise you'll be tripping all the time. So that was another challenge that, you know, I had facing me, uh, and then on top of that, with my work situation, if I was out for more than five months, they would have terminated my job. That was already made clear. So their pressure was on to get back to work and get back into my job. And uh, with the condition that I was in, it wasn't looking real good. But uh, And for the record, with you, the, uh, you were getting pretty good support from the employer. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was getting good support from them, but it was just the company policy that they had that I had to to kind of put some pressure on me. And, uh, you know, uh, but I worked hard through the the therapy, and everything they told me to do, 
even if it hurt, I tried to do even beyond it. And, um, and that ended up paying off. And, and I couldn't have done that without, without God's help. I mean, I had a lot of great people encouraging me, had a lot of prayers. And you talk about feeling those prayers, man, my family, my church, all those, uh, those people that were behind me. And it's, you know, even when you, when you're in a circumstance like that, uh, you know, you, 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 in our everyday life, you know, we tend to kind of forget that, you know, about, we, we tend to take our family and our loved ones and our friends and all for granted, even if we do talk to them often, but in a situation like that, man, you really find out, you know, who loves you and, uh, who supports you and man, I, there was no shortage of it. And, uh, but, um, anyway, I, I did end up going back to work at the end of, uh, uh, there in, uh, April. And, uh, man, I'm going to tell you, it was tough. I was a, a maintenance me- a mechanic at, uh, at Cooper tire. And, uh, you know, we, we covered a big, one of the biggest departments in the, uh, plant. And so, I, you know, I could barely walk. I mean, I literally, when I took steps, I mean, they were baby steps and, uh, I tried wearing that brace at work and, uh, it just, it was so, it was so much, it was so difficult to wear that brace and it was so uncomfortable. I ditched it after the first, really the first two days. And I said, I'm just not going to, I'll learn to walk without that. But I did learn to walk and, uh, you know, I, 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 the downside of having a drop foot like I, I have and I still have is that you fall a lot. I mean, it, it, it you just it, one moment of not paying attention and that foot's going to grab something and you're going down. And, and I did fall a lot, but I had a good work partner that, you know, helped me keep it a secret. <laughs> and, you know, we take something that we enjoy like the outdoors and hunting and and you want it to be a positive thing, but when you do something like this, or because this happened because of my fault, it was my poor judgment that caused this. Nobody else. I can't blame anybody else. And but I I damaged that that ability to enjoy that. You know what? As much as I love deer hunting and all, it's it's never going to be the same for me. Yeah. Every day that I get up, I'm reminded of what I did. I'm reminded of that mistake. When I get up to, I mean, today it's been, let's see, it's been seven years since that happened. I'm coming up on my seven year anniversary. Yeah. And so far, my healing has been very good, but I'll never be a hundred percent. Never will. I still can't use my left foot. I've gained, I gained back just a very minimum amount of movement for the longest time. I had zero feeling in that foot, except for when those nerves would start firing and it would just feel like I was either getting electrocuted or literally sometimes felt like I dropped my foot in a campfire. And, uh, and it would just sometimes happen suddenly. There are times that I've actually stepped on glass, had no idea that I, had a piece of glass on my foot and a nice size piece of glass. And I'd turn around and look and see blood coming out of the bottom of my foot. And didn't know, never knew when I clipped my toenails. I mean, I'm going through all this because this is all these little mundane things that you don't think about are 
constant reminders of a mistake I made. When I clip my toenails, I have to be extremely careful or I'll, I will go too far and, and mm. bust and, and just be bleeding because of that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know that sounds kind of dumb, but you know, to this day, it's when I get up, I mean, it is. And, uh, you know, I, I added a lot of age to my years because of that mistake. And my life is never going to be the same. I'm never going to be, have the opportunity to be 100%. I, I'll tell you something else. When you look at my driver's license from years ago, several years back, I was six foot three. Um, and that, that was my height. Mm-hmm. Now, the last time I had official, uh, and I, I know there's other factors. I mean, aging, but but if my height now is six foot and three quarters of an inch, from six foot three to six foot and three quarters of an inch, suffice it to say, gravity's not been my friend. Yeah, <laughs> they should have used a longer it, rod in your femur. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I am so happy to be alive, and I'm so happy to have survived this. And I'm so glad to be able to stand in front of people and tell them about it and and warn people about it and share my testimony. And, you know, if I share this testimony at church or somewhere, it's it's more about the physical aspect. I mean, the spiritual aspect of it, because there's so many ways that God moved in my life at that point. I, I really know that he was he used this opportunity to remind me that he was there, that he loved me. And, and that he was moving in my life. And, but I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm so glad I survived it, but I, I want other people to realize that, you know, you may not survive. I mean, it's so simple. Just, just that, that harness would have made such a difference today. I would not have, you know, a lot of the issues and the pains that I have now that, that I shouldn't have. All right, guys, we're going to wind it up right there. I had, we had a good bit more audio. Uh, Mark and I talked a little longer, and I'd lost some. I had a corrupted memory card, so I lost some of it, and that was a good place to sort of put a button on it. But uh, I hope you guys got something out of it, and if nothing else, be careful. You know, it, it, it only takes a little time and a little investment to, to buy a harness and to wear a harness and to use it and make it a habit, but... But that one day when you decide not to, it could cost you for a long time. And I hope that's one of the takeaways. Uh, <clears throat> along the way with Mark's recovery, uh, there's a lot of moments that, that there's a lot of good good stories in there. Um, one that I want to make sure they get credit. Mark was pretty adamant about this. Uh, J.C. Evans, Evans Heating and Cooling in Hamilton. Um, while Mark was in the hospital, they had some trouble with their, their heat went out and uh, – J.C. Evans really stepped up. You know what you did. Uh, they, they helped him out in a time when they didn't have to, and uh, that means a lot to to our family. <clears throat> but, look, you guys be careful when you leave the house. Keep safety in mind. You know, there's a lot of distractions out there, and, and we're out there to hunt. But uh, don't let it turn into a bad thing. Let's keep hunting something that's special and uh, and not a, not a negative in our family, okay? Be careful, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Woodsman Perspective. Thank you, guys.